Well, if you live in North America and woke up this morning, you discovered it was rather chilly in in much of the the hemisphere. We'll talk a little bit about the weather and a whole lot more on today's program. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you to Truth to Ponder just prior to Christmas. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. A lot of a lot of things I want to share with you in this first segment of the program. Now, for those that were listening yesterday, you realize that I had to do, at the last minute, a best of program. Actually, I put together an edit from a program from one year ago. I got to the point, and I just want to kind of share this with you at the beginning, that I was exhausted. And I have been very tired for quite a while. And and let me kind of explain what's going on so you're not in a in a panic mood. As many of you know, I am dealing with, thankfully, it is stage zero uh, bladder cancer. The problem was that I started having a lot of bleeding in my urine, and it got pretty bad in these past weeks. And it just recently stopped bleeding. But it has depleted me in such a way where I've lost blood, and I've lost a lot of strength, and a lot. it's just hard to even sit down to do this radio program. My physical energy is just so minimal. And all of this at the same time that there's a lot of demands on my life and my family and and my ministry and the work that I feel God has called me to do. There's a part of me that wishes I could take a week or two or three off. I just don't see how I can do that right now. But yesterday, I just I was forced to. I just, I've been losing sleep and I just have not felt well. And and I just had to do what I had to do. And honestly, I felt bad doing it. I, I just feel the responsibility of doing this program so intently that I just have a hard time not uh, meeting my obligations to you with the program. There's some days that I feel weak and I feel the quality of the program is not what I I would want it to be. And yet I look at 2023 right around the corner. I look where we have been, where we need to be going, and and I'm looking at some of the news stories out there that trouble me. And, and more and more, I'm becoming a bit of a cynic, and I hate being that way. I just don't like being that way, but I'm, I'm becoming one. And I know many of you are as well. I'm just going to, like I say, in this first part of the program, I know we'll talk about other things as we head toward Christmas and things that need to be shared. But I was kind of taking a year in review kind of thing is watching Congress and all heading out here in the United States, taking their time off for their winter break, Christmas break, whatever they want to call it, whatever political correct thing that they say these days. And, and I look and, and we've, done this program now for you know two and a half years almost and we talk about elections we talk about how to fix things we have all this hope for the future and then I realize more and more that it's all an illusion it's all a big illusion and a lot of people get upset when I say that but my hope for this nation the United States is not very good my hope for Canada is not great at all. As a matter of fact, my hope for the Western world is rapidly diminishing. 
here in the United States. They just rammed through right before the end of this, you know, their session. This 1.7 or 1.8 trillion with a T dollars, you know, this budget to run things for another year. Money we don't have. We, I look at what's in some of this 4,000-page bill, and I'm realizing we are being represented by reprobates on both sides of the aisle that have no common sense. They're disgusting thieves and political opportunists. And some pretend to be great conservative people, and they're frauds. <laughs> they're total frauds. It's kind of like they're playing a game. It's all an illusion. Yeah, vote for me and I'll fix it. I've been hearing that for 50 years and I'm getting tired of it. There are things we can fix in this world and I think politics is increasingly not one of them. We've had 200 years plus for agencies to develop and entrench themselves and really be the power brokers behind the scenes. It's not the politicians. It's the ones that they have empowered in bureaucracy that really run the show. All these politicians promise to lower taxes, to make your life better, to give you more freedom. And what do they do when they get there? Just the opposite, and they lie to you. And somehow, you know, it goes back to what I say just about, you know, how Satan works in this world today. And I am convinced of this. Satan gets three or four steps ahead, then we think we've got a victory when we get maybe one and sometimes two of them back. But the general direction stays the same. It's not getting better. It's not getting better. We're spending money here in the United States we don't have. And then I I look at some of the things that are happening in the way our Justice Department, or as I call it, the Department of Injustice. Yeah, we need a savior. We need Jesus Christ who came to this world as a babe to redeem us from our sin. But we're never going to create heaven on earth, not with the politics in this world today. With the things, you know, the games they play to keep us busy at each other's throats while they systematically decimate us. I'm thinking of all the elections, this this past one, were they honest? I don't think they were everywhere. I think there was some funny business again. I think funny business is now just a, a norm. And unfortunately, I think it's been a norm for many, many years, probably a century. We've had elections in parts of the country that have been stolen with these you know, political machines, like in Chicago and other places. New York City comes to mind, Philadelphia, Boston. Detroit, it's now ingrained into the system. And no matter how much evidence and truth you see, nobody wants to look at it. We live in a world full of illusions and lies. And the only thing that I see is real is the babe in Bethlehem. Even within so much of what is called the church today, I see fraud I see fakeness. I see illusions. I see no depth. I don't see lives that are truly changed. 
And so here as we're coming to Christmas, you know, and I I, kind of wanted to talk about this yesterday. I didn't really want to get into it this close to Christmas. But I'm realizing that it is important that I I do share a few things with you. I'm just going to give you my opinions and my, my initial reactions to some of the things in the news. Now, you may disagree, and that's fine. I'm not here to debate you on just impressions, but I I scratch my head sometimes. I'm, I'm thinking about all the stupidity and all the virtue signaling of the January 6th committee here in the United States. The biggest bunch of losers ever to sit on a dais that I've ever seen in my life making a big nothing, you know, burger and trying to, you know, make it look like it's the worst thing since the Civil War. We've dealt with a lot worse things since in, in, in our history, including the Civil War, the War of 1812 and others. But once again, these petty politicians with petty thoughts, petty minds, some on the take financially, some that make money off death and destruction and killing and are proud of it, by the way, they're going to lecture you and I. They have been messing with us, trampling over our rights, lying to us consistently for decades. And some of them claim to be conservatives. They're about as phony as they come. They're about as evil as you can be. They just put on a wonderful mask and an appearance to fool you. Yeah, we're going to vote for this person. They're going to fix everything. We're going to to take care of it all, Bob, at the election, you know, at the ballot box. You see, it's going to be a big red wave, and I told you, don't count on it. And it's like Charlie Brown and the football. How many times are you going to keep coming back and believing the same lie just because they told it better this time? Some of these Republican senators are even worse than some of their Democrat counterparts. At least the Democrats are honest in their dishonesty. And they'll tell you the evil things that they truly believe and want to push down your throat. The Republicans pretend that they care about issues. And they give you these little tiny victories, but the general trajectory is in the same direction. We're heading straight to hell. And we think we're going to fix it. And we're not. And so I look at this radio program, I look at my life, and these past weeks where I have been just beaten down and weak because of a health issue that I pray to God, and with your prayers, we will get through this, and by the time we get toward the end of January, God willing, my strength will be somewhat back to where it needs to be. And also during this time, I'm praying for God's direction on what I should be doing in serving my Lord and his kingdom. I am tired of serving politics. It's a waste of time. Then I look at the media that we have, both conservative and the mainstream and the new media and the social media and all of it. Once again, a big illusion, totally big illusion. Uh, some of the some of the things we thought we could trust, like the FBI, they're a bunch of frauds, phonies, fakes, and they're a danger to your freedom. They're entrenched bureaucrats. They spent millions of dollars to lie to you through social media. 
I really believe that the FBI committed treason, actionable, triable treason in what they did. But see, I also understand something. I doubt if anybody will ever be held accountable. We have a Justice Department now that looks the other way on certain things. Oh, yeah, they make a big deal about January 6th. There are people in jail. Two years, coming up on two years. No trial, no trial dates in filthy third world conditions. The Nazis treated their prisoners better than I think we're treating ours in D.C. But then a guy that commits the greatest financial scam in the history of the planet. He spent a few days in a jail in the Bahamas. All of his friends rolled on him. He may be facing a hundred and some odd years in prison. And where is he at this weekend? He's with mom and dad in mom and dad's million dollar, multi-million dollar mansion in Palo Alto, California. His parents, they teach at a disgusting university like Sanford that wants to change language. They're all politically correct buffoons. And so his parents who teach law are living in this multi-million dollar mansion paid for by the proceeds of what the government alleges is theft and a Ponzi scheme. But he's home for Christmas. And let's see what kind of deal he really gets being a big donor. See, he can be home this Christmas. Only a few days that he had to spend in a Bahamian jail debating if he wanted to fight extradition. And he got a sweetheart deal while flying back home. There is no justice left in this country. It's a fraud. It's a fake. It is just putrid. Merrick Garland is the poster child of demonic you know, activity in a justice department. We have no justice left. As long as that man is in that office, we have the Department of Satanic Injustice. So I look at those kind of news stories. Then we, what do we really know? Let me ask a question. And this is going to be one of those hot button issues I know for some of you. And I want you to think this through with me before you just react and say, no, this bad, this right, this good. Why do you know what you think you know? I'm watching TV the other night. I'm sure many of you did as well. And there is Vladimir Zelensky in the House of Representatives. And everybody, Republicans and Democrats, save for two, are all clapping their hands like little circus animals at every important thing that this guy said. And we have this mantra that runs through the halls of Congress now. Putin bad. Vladimir good. Putin bad. Putin puppet. You know, all of this. And... There's just something about all of what I'm seeing. To me, it's a big psychop. I want to take you back before this war that broke out in Ukraine. I want to take you back really to 2014 and even before then. Let us do a little bit of thinking about what Ukraine has been over the centuries and in particular since the Second World War. It has been one of the most corrupt nations on the face of the planet. It has been a money laundering location for the wealthy and elites of this world and politicians. We know that. And to say that it isn't is to lie. 
to say that it isn't is to put your head in the sand. Nobody pays a vice president's son, you know, $40,000 a month to do nothing except be on a board you never meet. Don't even have to show up. That nation had, we know, and they're finally admitting it, the United States finally admitted it, 23 biolabs. What were those biolabs doing in Ukraine run by the Department of Defense? Doing things they were not allowed to do in the United States. So places like Ukraine, hey, we don't care. Just show us the money. China, same thing. And so, once again, this illusion. And and so, my belief, the interrupter-in-chief, which was Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, is irrelevant. The establishment on both sides of the aisle hated him. Couldn't Mitch McConnell did not like Trump because he was messing up, you know, his little powerhouse and his little club in the Senate where he gets to play loyal opposition and fool and deceive the people of Kentucky. The man needs to be thrown out of that chamber. He is stinking it up. He's a fraud. He's a disgusting fraud. And he lies to you. And he doesn't care that he lies to you. And he will continue to lie to you. I guarantee you he and Chuck Schumer laugh behind your backs. They, they've got this thing figured out. And so we, we, see, we see Vladimir Zelensky in his, you know, looking like a tough guy. The man was an X-rated comedian before he became the president of Ukraine. He was a failed movie star before he became the president of Ukraine. Look up who he is and what he did. He's a reprobate. He's a filthy, disgusting, X-rated reprobate. And he is the leader of one of the most corrupt nations on the face of the earth. And somehow we're supposed to send $100 billion with a B to fight Russia. And Putin, you know, Putin stole the election for Trump. You knew that. There was never any evidence. That was a lie, too. And so the establishment Democrats, establishment Republicans, they fawn all over this fool called Zelensky and try to tell us that we winning over Russia don't believe it. It is a great psychop. And it takes your attention away on how they are devastating you and your personal freedoms. It's all an illusion. And we spent a lot of time, Americans, Canadians, trying to fix our nations. And we get, well, our attention span is taken away by viruses, vaccines. So yeah, transgenderism is suddenly one of the greatest crises on the net, on the face of the earth. Only say, the only one that's bigger than that is climate change or climate fraud. We need electric cars. How many electric cars are having some trouble today and will have trouble this weekend because of the temperatures being below zero? Many will not run. Their battery lives will be shortened plugging him into a power grid that is nowhere near ready. And so we have this proxy war 
that we're playing with Russia and we're playing with the fate of the planet and we're allowing reprobate fools to, to write out the terms. Here we are on day 1012 of 15 days to flatten the curve, just so you know, if you hadn't noticed. We have a war that could touch off a nuclear war in Eastern Europe. I, I just wonder when we're going to be getting to that point of no return. We have a Congress that throws around money, I would say like drunken sailors, but that'd be an insult to some pretty decent sailors, even if they're drunk. These are power-hungry reprobates that are living in delusion and power. They remind me of the great whore of Babylon, you know, thirsting on the blood of the saints. They are stabbing the backs of patriots and lying to you every step of the way. And some call themselves Republicans. And then we have the news media. Yeah, we already know that CNN is intellectually and morally bankrupt. MSNBC, they, they, they try to find out how more woke and how more weird and how more disgusting and how more anti-God and how more sexually perverted can we become and make you come along with us. And if you don't believe in what we do, there's something wrong with you. Then you got the phonies and frauds and the conservative network, and there are plenty of them there too. There really are. We have multi-millionaire frauds running around pretending they're conservative. You know, when people talked about questions, and there are still unanswered questions about the 2020 election, you can say they're debunked. They are not. They've never been heard. I can see with my own eyes what was going on, and don't tell me I didn't see what I saw. And you find out people like Sean Hannity, oh, I never believed the election was stolen. I just said that on the TV. You know what I call that? Selling your soul. Just selling your soul for money. When you're making in the mega millions, taking a lot of time off, and you can be repetitive and play the game, I don't think he really believes half of what he says. He believes in the money. He believes in lots of money. He doesn't write his own books. He's got ghostwriters. None of these people do. And yet we, the, the other trained SEALs are, are clapping their hands for the, for the conservative people that have been out there on the front lines that have shafted us every step of the way. It's all about the Benjamins. It's all about the money. And so what is left that is real? Even churches have become phony and frauds. Many formerly great churches have rejected the gospel and adopted all this this evil sickness, wokeness, sexual immorality. And the old baby boomers, as the churches die out, a handful of them there with some little pastorette with her little rainbow stole and her purple hair talking about how Jesus loves everything and all of your sin and he celebrates it with you. And isn't it a wonderful time at Christmas that we can celebrate our sins together? Then you have the churches that have tried to keep the doors open and so they have compromised enough to entertain the goats instead of feeding the sheep. 
So we have entertainment venues, dying churches, little family-owned churches dotting the, the landscape of the Bible Belt. And somehow, somehow what used to be the center of our lives becomes less and less important. And so I look at my ministry. I look at my time on this radio program. I'm dealing with some things on my church side of the house that are having me pull my hair out, especially at a time that I'm physically and mentally weak. And I look at all of this, and I look at all these institutions, and I look where did the simplicity of the ecclesia, the called out, the chosen go? We've layered upon layered upon layered junk on top of everything. More junk on top of more junk. And we're so busy trying to sustain the junk, we've lost sight of preaching God's word in holiness, in truth. We no longer look for changed lives. We have people looking for happy lives and feeling good about themselves or being the social justice warrior and everybody just getting along. What I call the first church of Rodney King. Can't we all just get along? No longer calling sin, sin. No longer trying to bring bring people to repentance. No longer even believing that Jesus Christ is coming again to judge this planet and everybody in it. And so I debate, what am I supposed to do, Lord? I can't change what they're saying on Fox News or Newsmax, and I can't change people's hearts. I can just do the foolishness of preaching. I can't change the corruption at the ballot box. I can't change world events. Funny, they talk about climate change and when we now pretty much, it's pretty obvious to anybody that has two working brain cells that rub together occasionally. It was either the United States or a NATO partner that blew up that pipeline that Russia owns. They didn't do it. They try to make you believe they did, but that would be the stupidest thing on the face of the earth for them. They can just cut it off. They don't have to break it and destroy it. And even Biden himself had said earlier this year that, you know, if they don't do this, you know, we can cut that. We, we can shut that thing down. Well, we did. Funny, all the carbon that blew out of that water is more carbon than we've blown out in any other time in history. And apparently it doesn't seem to destroy the planet like your little gasoline car or your lawnmower. Once again, climate worshiping fraud. The demonic side of the house, you know, the demons, they love death. They love abortion. They love killing babies in the womb. They used to love burning them alive. Moloch worship. And they want you to worship the creation and reject and spit and curse the creator. They want you to live in deceit and deception and blinded to the truth. They want you to take your faith and wrap it around yourself and your wants, your desires, and your needs. They want you never to bow your knee to Jesus. They want you to demand Jesus bow his knee to you. 
and be your little house servant to give you all the little happy things you need and my happy life and my mansion and my car. All the silliness. And so as I end this year, and I'm not sure if I'll be on the radio next week or not. It just depends on how my health holds out. I may take a day or two off and, and pray for me, but, I, and I, but I'm getting to this point that it's time we get serious about the truth. I'm, I'm sick and tired of these people that make a fortune, you know, producing these videos about how bad the world is. They're living the good life. And those of us trying to tell the truth, we struggle by. You want to know something? It gets pretty dang old. I'm sick of this cottage industry of, of basically shafting conservatives out of their money to prop up a bunch of these frauds and phonies. And there are a lot of them out there. They have cashed in and they're making their six and their high six figures or seven figure incomes playing off your fear. Maybe it's time we just say, world, you know, it's time for us to realize if we're Christians, we're in this world, but we're not of it. And let's start acting like we are not of it. And let the world know that its days are numbered. Let us begin to build our sanctuaries, our churches, our people, and begin to withdraw from the things of this world that we have no business being a part of. Yeah, I, I've, I've come to that point that I want to serve, I want to preach, I want to teach, I want to help. I want to do all those things that God has called me to do and stop wasting my time on derelict, disgusting, fraudulent politicians, fraudulent newscasts, fraudulent video producers that are all in it for the money, that make claims that never come true, and you keep going back for more of the same lies. Yeah, I'm talking about, you know, the, the health ranger. A third of America was supposed to be dead months ago. He, he lied, but you still go back for more of the same garbage, and I'm tired of it time to wake up. Now, I'm not sure what I'm going to have for you in the next half of the program. I'm going to take a moment, take a break to get my, my thoughts together. I have something I may want to share, don't know. But right now, as we do finish this year, remember, I'm the unpaid employee. We just want to buy the airtime to keep the message going out there. Do you believe in our work? Would you consider helping us out if you can? Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia. Zip code 24319. You can also support us from our website. Yeah, I'm not really down. I'm just trying to set the stage for where we need to be. And like I say, I, I've got a few things I may or may not share on the other side, but we're, we'll get to you. And we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder 
with Bob Beerman. Emmanuel in tears. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out. I'm receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now in Hebrew, the word im means with, the word anu means us, and the word el means God. Put them together, you get im anu el, or in English, Emmanuel. God is with us. So Messiah's name isn't just a name. It's a Hebrew sentence. God is with us. So whatever he did in this life, it, it was God is with us doing it. Whatever he did on earth, it wasn't just something he did. It was a sentence, a message. See, one of the things he did on earth was weep. In John 11, it says Messiah wept. But it wasn't just Messiah in sorrow and tears. It was Im Anuel in sorrow and tears. In other words, it was God is with us in sorrow and tears. That's the sentence. That's the message. God is with us in sorrows and tears. You see, the fact that God's in your life doesn't mean you won't also have sorrows and tears. You will. But the fact that you have sorrows and tears in your life doesn't mean that God isn't just as much in your life and with you every moment, every tear. He being with you doesn't exempt you from tears, but it does exempt you from weeping alone. If you've received a manual in your life, you never weep alone. But even when you do weep and feel far from his presence, his presence is never far because God is with you in sorrows and tears. You never weep alone. Even in your deepest pain, even in your tears, he will be just as much there as he ever was. And you will find that if you look, he is there as Emmanuel, God is with us, weeping with you and loving you just beyond your tears. Want more? Ask for Emmanuel. Now the free gift for you. From the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim to the writings of the rabbis that prove Jesus as Messiah, the awesome long hidden mystery now revealed. The mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get all these free gifts? It's easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's all you do, and you'll be so blessed. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to minister with me, bringing salvation to God's chosen people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of every nation on five continents with over one billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, the zip 07644. Until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Sar Chaim, the Prince of Life. Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder, this this edition before Christmas. And I didn't really expect to be talking about the things that I did. I really had had other plans, but the way my health has been, it's getting better. And I thank you for your prayers, by the way. And, and my heart increasingly being just torn apart about the world in which we live. And where we're, you know, spending our energy, putting in, you know, our work, our time, our effort. And I'm afraid that we're putting a lot of our effort in the wrong things. 
I realized one of the most important things that I can do with what limited resources I have with this airtime and podcast is to help you see the truth of the world in which we live. We watch homeless rise, our borders of the, in the United States just being made a mockery. We're defending the borders of other nations around the world while ours are open and fentanyl comes in and 300 and some odd people a day die and nobody seems to care. Our churches, our churches are so about social justice and they don't understand biblical justice. Our politicians play you against each other and they get to take turns playing loyal opposition. It's a whole fraudulent scheme and you believe that you're free, but you never own anything. You have to pay taxes on anything you own, including property. You never own it. They own it. In many places in this country, you want to do something with your land, they'll tell you if you can or can't. You don't own it. It's not for you to say. And then they'll lie to you about climate fraud and how we're destroying the planet. As these elite, disgusting individuals fly around in their private jets with a carbon footprint in one day that you couldn't create in a lifetime. But see, they're special. And the international fears of war. The Bible says nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And we're so busy playing the political game, we're not bringing people into God's kingdom. You know, a few years ago, actually it was five years ago, this month, I think probably in the early part of December. And I found this a few days ago and I, I put it aside to share some other day. Well, today's that day. It may not be the perfect Christian uh, Christmas message. I, I'll, I'll grant you that. But you know, Jesus came the first time to redeem us from our sin, to walk upon this earth, to take upon our sin, to take those sins to the cross, to rise from the dead. And Jesus will come again. And that's the message too many churches are missing. They don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about fixing the world. And that goes for the apostate churches as well. They're going to fix it with social justice and trans... We need to support our transgender little kids that knew they were in the wrong body in the womb. If we don't abort them, let's go ahead and butcher them. You have churches that believe that. You have churches that believe... You have politicians like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who believe that that abortion is literally like a sacrament. It's a religious rite. Well, it is if you're a pagan. The pagans now run the halls of Congress. The pagans now run the White House. The pagans now occupy Ottawa and London. The truth is the pagans have taken over. The demons have been let loose. And just like at the time when Jesus came before, the world cries out for justice. The world cries out for peace. The world cries out to an almighty God. And this message that I shared five years ago, I want this message to give you a perspective on what is important at this time of the year. We celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ coming the first time 
But the most important thing for us now is to be ready for his second coming. And what are you doing between now and when he returns? Heavenly Father, as we come to this time, as we learn and study from your word, today I pray that you give us hope, that you give us an understanding of what hope truly is. May our eyes be open to see, our ears be open to hear, and our hearts be open to receive. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. I'm not going to name the place, because as many of you know, this message ends up on radio, heard in a lot of places around the world. In fact, it is heard on some facilities that, oh, several other ministries have been known to be on from time to time. And, and without naming it, I once worked for a ministry that did a lot of end time stuff. Matter of fact, the great opening to their radio program at the time had this specially written music that was all in a minor key, you know, it's kind of the apocalyptic sound. And you had this deep voice reading from this passage in the book of Mark, you know, and I, and I love it. The sun will be darkened and the moon will cease to give us light. You should have heard the voice. It was really deep and creepy. And the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And it's all about this guy, his ministry. He was the end-time reporter counting down until the coming of Jesus Christ. And I, I worked for him for a little over a year. And I started having my doubts after the first six months. And by right about a year, I'd had about enough. I was hired to actually develop some radio stations for him primarily, but for a period of time, I actually had to produce his radio program. That was an eye-opener. He was one of those type that would be very cautious in not being the one to tell you when Jesus was coming, but he had plenty of guests that he could bring on to do that work to scare the bejesus out of you and also the money out of your wallet in the process. He had this one gal on, I won't mention her name either, and this goes back to 2015. We had her on, I think, in late May, early June. And she is some self-proclaimed prophetess, originally from Chicago, now living in Charlotte, North Carolina, has a great following of thousands and she's on there saying that the Lord had given her a vision and a dream that we had until the end of August to prepare or it would be everlastingly too late. This is August of 2015. September 1st, too late. We never can prepare because, you know, the tribulation is coming. It's going to be terrible. We can't prep anymore. Now, she has since revised all of that theology and predictions and visions. This guy claimed to have an insight with the Holy Spirit himself, that the Holy Spirit talked to him, yeah, every day. And that's why they were going to leave the country, stay in the country, buy this building, sell that building, let's rent this one. They were all over the road in the course of one year. The Holy Spirit is consistent and never changes. 
And when you deal with a lot of these end time ministries, they, some have validity. And there's nothing wrong with studying end time things. The fancy word that we learn in seminary is eschatology, the study of end times. And I think we as Christians don't spend enough time legitimately studying what Jesus is trying to tell us about the end times. And part of our theme work this year as we go through Advent will be a little bit of a discussion about the end times because, see, there is a parallel between Jesus' first coming, a promise, and his second coming, also a promise. He came first to redeem us, then he comes to bring us unto himself. Pretty simple process. But there's so much misunderstanding about end time prophecy. Yet there are some things that are so perfectly clear, I don't understand how so many of these ministries are still even in business or dare get on a TV or a radio or internet or Facebook feed or YouTube feed or their own feed, whatever the case may be, to make some of the claims that they have. I have marveled in my Christian walk. Now, I'm going to tell you that I was raised as a child, a Lutheran, and as I grew older and got into college, I kind of left the Lutheran church for a long time, and I found myself in all kinds of charismatic and word-oriented fellowships all over. I mean, I was all over the map, but I, was, I had a thirst to learn more about the things of God. And I learned a lot of good and also saw a lot of things that didn't pan out during that, that period of time in my life. You know, the great book that came out when I was in college, everybody had to have a copy. Young author, still famous, Hal Lindsey, The Late Great Planet Earth. How many ever heard of that book? Yeah, a lot of people have. I remember reading it. And I realized that we don't have much time, maybe 15 years when I read the book until 1988 when Jesus was coming again because Hal Lindsey said so. He's coming in 1988, no doubt about it. And why is he coming in 1988? Because Hal Lindsey said that a generation is 40 years and the generation that sees Israel become a nation will see the return of Jesus. So he's coming in 1988, friends, get ready. I remember working for a Bible college in the 1980s after I had left working in the broadcast engineering industry for a long time and took some time to develop a radio ministry. There was this guy that had a book out also called The 88 Reasons Jesus is Coming in 1988. And boy, he's a former NASA research scientist, so he had to be correct in what he said. He's a scientist. He knows and he was doing the lecture tour all over. He was at churches, out of, from Baptist churches to Pentecostal to Christian and Missionary Alliance, wherever he could get booked in. He was out there with his box of books and cassette tapes. This is before CDs and DVDs. And he's out there promoting his ministry in 1986 and 1987. And when November of 1988 came and gone, he had a second release of his book called 
the 89 reasons Jesus will come in 1989 and why I missed it because I missed a little something in there. And then after 1990, he was never heard from again. Harold Camping, God love him, if anybody ever heard of that man. Back in the 1950s, he developed one of the largest, over time, Christian radio ministries in the United States. And God's hand of blessing to put him in markets like Oakland, California, Los Angeles, New York, big markets, big stations, international shortwave covering the entire planet out of Okeechobee, Florida, a mega million dollar facility. And prior to coming here to this church, I spent two days a week as their consulting engineer on all that equipment to keep it running. And so to watch that ministry, twice in his ministry, he predicted when Jesus will come. First time he didn't make a big noise about it, kind of indicated it kind of came and went and nobody noticed. The last time was in 2012. And he was convinced that he had the day and the hour completely predicted, May the 22nd, 2012, Jesus will come again. And they spent millions and millions of dollars of the ministry's money on billboards coast to coast. My wife says she remembers driving and seeing the billboard. Jesus is coming, May the 22nd, 2012. The Bible says it, count on it. What year is it? It's five years ago now. His whole ministry collapsed and crumbled. And it ended up in the hands of somebody else. That's who I worked for because it was his facility that I was doing this work for these last couple of years. And to look at what they had and what they lost because they violated rule number one of eschatology. Don't make any predictions. Ever. Never. Because you are guaranteed to be wrong. If I tell you, and I'm emphatic and believe that Jesus is coming today at noon, I will be wrong. I'll be wrong. The Bible says that no man knows the day or the hour of my coming. And guess what? The, the children of Israel never knew when he was first coming. And they're still expecting him today because they didn't accept his first coming because he wasn't the Messiah they hoped for or the one that they thought they were going to get. Fascinating. They never knew when he was coming the first time. And they will not know when he's coming the second time. You know, John the Baptist, and we're going to be hearing about him, oh, in the not-too-distant future again. John the Baptist was the forerunner to Jesus Christ. And there's an account in the scripture that always, I can envision this in my mind, when Mary meets the mother of John the Baptist and the two children are in the womb and and John the Baptist leaps for joy in the womb in the presence of Jesus Christ, the one that he is the forerunner. John the Baptist never understood, I don't think, what his ministry was. He just knew that something in him said, this is what I'm destined to do. And there's a reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm content in that reason to do all that I do, and I do it willingly. He was not robotic. He just answered a call from birth and knew without a shadow of a doubt that he was to proclaim 
Make ye straight the way of the Lord. Repent and be saved. That was the message of the first coming, to repent and be saved, which gives us hope. Today's candle, hope. We have hope because he came to redeem his own, and we have hope that he is coming again. You don't need any of the ministries on radio and television to tell you what day or the hour, when he's coming, how he's coming, how bad it's going to be. Will there be a tribulation? Will be will we be raptured, not raptured, go through it, mid-tribbers? We can sit there and argue this all day long. I like what Vance Havner once said. He was a Baptist minister that I got to meet one time. And in his later years, he had been one of those definite pre-mill tribulation, you know, we're going to be raptured kind of guys. And he finally got to a point in life when asked the question, he finally decided that I'm a pan-millennialist is what he called himself. And somebody said, what do you mean by that? Is that like a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, all millennial? What does it mean? He said, no, it's just all going to pan out in the end. <laughs> I finally gave up. He said, the more I study it, the less I understand about this. We don't need to know. We need to trust and have hope. I've said this a number of times in my ministry. We have those, we have two schools of thought in the United States today about the end times. And I want to use this as my close and tie it together. On one hand, you've got those that are what I call the tree, the pre-tribulation rapture group. Alfred E. Newman, remember him? What me worry? Nothing good, you know. Hey, doesn't matter to me. When it gets bad, I'm out of here. Not a thing to worry about. Then on the other hand, we're going to go through the whole tribulation. Because it does say it in Revelation, who are those beneath the altar in the robes of white? They're the ones that went through the tribulation. Okay. So, we better stock up on guns and ammunition and beer and anything else we can get our hands on and, and fuel for the next 25 years. And you got people in ministries more than happy to sell you 25-year shelf life pre-packaged food for five times what it really is worth to keep their ministry going. And solar-powered generators that barely could charge a cell phone, which won't work anyway when the Great Tribulation comes. So I don't know why they're selling you phone chargers that work on sunlight. The two extremes. We've got to hunker down. Get through it. You know, get our camel on. Be ready. The other side, nothing to worry about. We're out of here. Somewhere between the two is the truth. There's the truth. If we believe in the promises of Jesus Christ, there is no fear of the great tribulation, whether we're taken out or go through it. It doesn't make any difference. Because he has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. So why are we getting all bent out of shape about something to which we have no control, to which he says he does have the control, and he will take us and carry us through? If we can't count on him to get us through whatever this end time is, whenever it comes, then how do we trust him to give us hope for our salvation? Are you following what I'm saying here? Today's message is hope. We are given absolute and unshakable hope in Jesus Christ. Period. 
We don't have to fret and worry about whatever the future will be. We don't even have to worry about when he's coming. Just be ready. The only thing Jesus says is, you know, you can kind of get an idea that I'm getting closer as you see things happening. May not be today, may not be tomorrow, may not be end of the century. But the signs of his coming have been appearing since the day he left. And every day, every minute, draws closer. And if any of us are in panic mode, then we have a relationship problem. And we have a complete misunderstanding of the hope that Jesus Christ gives us. One of the things I love about my ministry is sharing the communion table with you. That we can be ushered into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. The anamatesis to bring into the present those things of the past as we fellowship with all the saints from before and yet to come with our Lord Jesus Christ present with us is truly a unique opportunity. Heavenly Father, teach us not to fret about the future. You have promised in your word there's nothing we can do about the past. We only have today the present. Today has enough to deal with for us to even worry about tomorrow. Lord, teach us to plan, but not to obsess. Teach us to be ready, but not to be in panic. Teach us to be working in your vineyard when you come. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are just about out of time for this edition of Truth to Ponder. And I want to just take a moment to wish each and every one of you a blessed and very Merry Christmas. I want to thank you also for the prayers you give me. These past several weeks have been very difficult for me physically, but I'm getting better, and I know you're praying for me. Pray not just for my physical health and my mental well-being, but pray that I'll be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit on what to do as we go into 2023 with this radio program. This is an opportunity. God has always had a remnant church and I want to do my little tiny part to keep it together. If you believe in this ministry, would you encourage me by sending me an email? You can do that from our website, which is truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. Or you can write a letter physically, and that address is Truth to Ponder. And if you want to help us financially, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, Mailing address is Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510, the city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319, Chilhowee, Virginia, zip code is 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.